Can we clap our hands and welcome uh, our speaker this morning time, none other than our dear brother, Tony. Okay. I hear here and there a few voices. Praise the Lord. Are we all today glad, down, disturbed? Maybe, yes, no. Okay. Everybody who's happy, shout an hallelujah. You know, God has sent us Holy Spirit. How many of you believe that? And what is the work of Holy Spirit? Nothing but to charge you up. Every time you lose your battery, he comes to recharge you. You believe that? We're going to read a lot of words, so probably if you have mic or someone can read aloud, we can help me with the verses. We're going to read one verse before we start this uh, sermon from Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. Luke 14 and verse 26. You can see on the screen as well. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. He sent the Spirit to remind you of what you and me have to do, what God had planned for you and me. God will, the, the Spirit of the Lord will remind you, and that's why the Lord has sent, uh, that's NIV and minus a different version, so it's the same verse, so don't worry about it. But we're going to see two different things. We're going to see the difference between we denying God and God rejecting us. It, it looks almost similar, but that's a lot of difference between them. We denying God and God rejecting us. The two different things. We're going to see both with few illustrations from Bible. And uh, I'm sure God will speak to us. Let's pray. To loving Heavenly Father, Lord, as I stand here as your servant, Lord, cover me behind your cross. And Lord, let the Spirit speak to each and every heart. Console them, clarify their doubts. Speak to them and encourage them as they go into the world to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every time we talk about denial or denying Jesus Christ, what's the first name that comes into our mind? Peter. A very common name. When we say denial, we say, oh, Peter denied. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. And did God warn him before he did this? Yes, he did. He told you, you're going to deny me three times. He said, no. What? You think I will deny you? I am being your servant. I am being your disciple. Do you think I will deny? No, no, no. Not possible. And God is like, you will. No, God, I wouldn't. Rabbi, I wouldn't. So strong in faith he was that he wouldn't. But what happened? The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When he saw the threat coming to him, when people was coming closer to him to take his life, condemning him, stating that yes, he was roaming around with Jesus. He was part of the Jesus ministry. He is one of his disciples. Everybody pointed fingers at him and that's when the flush operated and he forgot what God already told him, what Jesus told him, that yes, you're going to deny me three times before, 
cock crows. There are a lot of times that we know this is wrong. We know this is not the plan of God, yet we go ahead and do it because the flesh operates. And the Holy Spirit, as mentioned in Luke 14, 26, whom God sent to remind you of what you need to do, we deny the Spirit. And we take up flesh. I don't know how many of you are here who are condemning yourself for what you have done in the past, saying that I took this wrong decision and that's why I'm going through this terrible situation. I have denied the Spirit of the Lord and that is why I'm going through all that I'm going through now. The sorrow in my life, the sickness in my life, the depression in my life, everything is because once I denied the Spirit of God. Yes, when you, spirit, when you deny the Spirit of God, you will go through depressions, you will go through problems, troubles, trials, but God will not reject you because man looks at the face, but God looks at your heart. We'll see how Bible speaks about God's love towards you, towards Peter. Was Peter one of the disciples? Yes? No? Maybe? We can talk? Yes? Peter was one of the disciples? But Peter himself, he started condemning himself after the crucifixion. Peter thought he's not ready to be his disciple because he has betrayed him thrice, just as Jesus told him. So he thought, I'm not fit to be a disciple. He condemned himself. I don't know how many of you are condemning yourself of your past. I don't know whom the God is speaking to right now. But let me tell you, let me... Let me challenge you today. It's my experience. No matter how many times you fall, God is there to lift you up, provided you don't take his grace for granted. God is telling to someone here very, very, very keen, very, very particularly that you're not rejected. You're not rejected, my son. You're not rejected, my daughter. I love you and I love you unconditionally. I'll tell you how. Read with me Mark 16. 7. If you read that Mark chapter 16, you will know that both the Marys were going to the tomb thinking that, okay, I will go ahead and bring the body of Jesus, do the final rituals and all these things. But on the way, they're like thinking, oh, who's going to roll the stone? Who's going to, who's going to help me bring Jesus or his, his dead body out? But when they reached there, there was a young man with a white dress sitting on the right side of the tomb is what my version of Bible says. The young man in white robe is no one other than the angel of God. And look what he says in, in verse 7. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Why would the spirit of the Lord or the angel specifically say Peter because when it says go tell your disciples Peter is included in disciple but specifically God knew your heart God knew Peter's heart God knows your heart God knows each and everyone's heart here you feel rejected you, you feel that I am away from God I have I have I have I have gone away from God because I have betrayed him I have denied him but God says no 
you are my child. How can I reject you? So God specifically says through the angel of God, disciples and Peter. And Peter. Specifically go and tell Peter that you are not rejected. You are still in the center of my will. You are here to fulfill the purpose that I had in your life. And you know what? Every time we pray, we limit God's capability. We say, God, I need double-fold blessing. Who said God can only give you double-fold blessing? Who said? Where it is written in Bible that he can give you only double-fold blessing? I challenge you, God can give you thousand-fold blessing. You want to know how? If you continue to read, if, I mean, in, 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 in Acts 2.41, you will see that Peter, after God's resurrection, he was the first one to conduct a crusade. And you know what? 3,000 people were baptized in one meeting. For three times he denied, he brought 3,000 people in one crusade. God can restore your life and my life. There is nothing too late in God's court. If you trust, shout an hallelujah. God can restore your life. God can restore your health. God can restore your corporate life. God can restore your finances. God can restore your relationship. There is nothing that my God can't restore. And if you think you are rejected, if you think you no longer are fit to be in God's presence or God's plan, then I want to tell you if Peter can be there, you and me are definitely there in God's plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The world can say you're not fit. The world can say you don't deserve this, but I deserve more than the world thinks I do because I have a God who is bigger than this world. Amen. The angel of the Lord said, go tell the disciples and Peter. How many Peters are there here? I don't know. God looks at your heart. But let me tell you, God is calling you back. God wants you to come back to your first love. God wants you to come back to the center of his plan because God is still calling you by your name. Rest all the people. God says disciples. But only Peter was named. So God is calling you by your name. Let's see the second person who denied God and God's plan. It's none other than a dear David. God made him from shepherd boy to the king of nations. Every battle he stepped in, he won. He won the battle. But what happened? In 2 Samuel chapter 12, if you read the 2 Samuel itself, you will know the history of David. He saw Bathsheba. He saw Bathsheba and he fell for her. He denied God's presence. He lusted someone else's wife. And he went to that extent of killing her husband. God was angry. God was planning to destroy his generation. If you read 2 Samuel 12, 11 and 12 verse, this is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on you from your own family. I will take your wives and give them to another before your very eyes. 
and he will sleep with them and bode daylight. You acted in secret, but I will do this before all the Israel and in broad daylight. God was angry by David's actions, David's behavior. In spite of blessing him so much, he denied God and the presence of the Lord. God was angry. But God did not do what he said he will do because he's a compassionate God. There are times when we go away from God, when we, when we make God angry, but his compassion is more than his angry, more than his anger. His compassion, his mercy is more than his anger. Although God did not spare Bathsheba's son as a punishment, but God did bless Bathsheba and David with another son, and not just that, God himself named that child. Let's read uh, 2 Samuel 24. Then David, verse 24, Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba. He went to her and slept with her. She gave birth to a son and named him Solomon. The Lord loved him. And he sent a message through the prophet Nathan, who named him Jedidiah because of the Lord. Although he took his son, the firstborn of Bathsheba, he gave another son. Although God would have punished you for what you and I have done, he's going to restore our life. He's going to give back what we lost. But this time it's not going to be out of our flesh. It's going to be out of the spirit. God is going to restore your life and my life. Hallelujah. Now, considering the time, <clears throat> we're going to see a few illustrations of rejections of God. What happens when God himself rejects you? When we deny God, we know God. So we know the Holy Spirit. That's no S and K and O W. We know God. We know the Holy Spirit. But when God rejects us, no God, that's N-O, no evil spirit. We invite the evil spirit to come inside our life when we deny God. I'm sorry, when God rejects you. When God rejects you, trust me, there is no one that can save you because the verse says that if God is for me, who can stand against me? It's exactly opposite. When God is against me, who can save me? God's rejections, we're going to see. We're going to see two, if time permits, three individuals from the Bible. First, we're going to see how God rejected Saul. Saul was anointed by God. So anyone who comes in the name and says that I am anointed by the Lord and I cannot be rejected by God, Saul is the example for that. When you are love, evil desires to come into your heart that is a major possibility of God rejecting you no matter you were once anointed your anointing will be taken away from you and me Saul was rejected by God the same Saul who God appointed God appointed Saul through Samuel we all know that 
the israelites were crying that we need a king we need a king god said i will be your king they said no i need a king god said i am there what is you, what is that you're lacking i am your king but the israelites said no i need a king god said okay go i send you saul and how saul came we all know that story but we're going to see how saul was rejected even before god rejected saul we need to understand that saul rejected god in the first place god doesn't come and reject you directly he waits for you to love him or to reject him it is it is like newton's third law every action has equal and opposite reaction that's how it is you reject god god tries to save you god tries to tell you son come back to me daughter come back to me you're like no i have my own strength i have my own wealth i will take care of myself god is like okay go i will take care of others saul rejected god first so god had to reject him without choice saul wasn't able to accept people praising david we read that in 1 samuel 18 and verse 7 everybody was singing saul has killed thousands and david his tens of thousands there came comparison there came an evil spirit of jealousy i am the king how can people praise someone else and not me how can this happen and immediately the downfall of saul started because he already rejected god by allowing jealousy to come inside in family in friends and relationships in corporate worlds is that jealousy among us let's be very careful only individual who does not know the plan of god for his life will have jealousy because you cannot compare yourself with someone else god has individually planned everything your future for you and me handcrafted plans for you and me you cannot compare your plans with someone else when you do that you deny the plan of god and you allow the jealousy to come inside you allow the flesh to operate within you and you reject god and god rejects you without any options left it appeared like saul was chasing david but let me tell you a truth just like pharaoh's story god was revealing saul that he was with david every time saul was trying to kill david god was directly or indirectly telling saul you are gone your kingdom is gone your kingship is gone above all my presence is gone from you one samuel is one samuel 18 is the chapter that you will know god clearly saying that saul you are done i am done with you my spirit has come out of you my spirit has come out of you you're not going to succeed you're not going to succeed if, even now if you think i'm like david in spite of doing what god wanted me to do i am running in the wilderness i am hiding myself let me tell you you're not you're not running you are in the plan of god god is preparing a kingdom for you like he was preparing a kingdom for david amen you are not running from saul you're just running away from place where god don't want you to be just like joseph ran out of the kingdom 
David was running, but still God was with him. Saul was in the kingdom as a king, but the presence of the Lord was not with him. Let me tell you, your offenders can be wealthy, your offenders can be influenced, your offenders can be way bigger than you can imagine. They might be in the kingdom, but the presence of the Lord is not with them. Because the presence of the Lord is with you and me. And when God's presence is with us, who can stand against us? Now this is what the Lord does. It was very different for me when I was reading this verse. Because I've always heard about God sending the Holy Spirit. God giving his helper, Holy Spirit for us to encourage us, to mold us, to, 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 to console us when we are down. But look what God does when he rejects you. Let's read 1 Samuel 18 and verse 10 and 11. The next day, an evil spirit sent from God. Woo! What spirit did God send? He sent an evil spirit. This is what happens when God rejects you. When God loves you, no matter you deny him, he sends Holy Spirit. But when God rejects you, he sends an evil spirit. And look what the evil spirit did. The next day an evil spirit sent by God came powerfully on Saul and he began to rave inside the palace. But David, look what he was doing with the Holy Spirit. He was playing his lyre as usual and Saul was holding a spear. David was worshipping, playing his instrument because the spirit of the Lord was with him. Saul being the king, being the man in authority was restless. He was prophesying is one of the translations saying within himself that he need to take the spear and kill David. We all might think now God is with David. Why would God send an evil spirit to Saul to kill David? God sent the evil spirit to Saul not to kill David but to attempt to kill David so that Saul will understand that God is not with me but God is with David. You might be going through problems. You might be going through trials. It is not to destroy you but to encourage you stating that I am with you and not with your offenders. Amen. Saul was prophesying through an evil spirit. The gut feel, the instinct that we talk about, he was getting that gut feel, the instinct through an evil spirit to kill David. And when, we, when he took the spear and threw it, David escaped because he was with the Holy Spirit. Your, your offenders will throw the spear on you. God is not going to stop that, but God is going to protect you. For them to know that in spite of being a king, in spite of giving a, being a man in authority, all wealth is under my feet. Still, I cannot touch this man, even if he is without any power, any arms, any money, whatever it is. I cannot touch a man who stands with the Holy Spirit. You and I, if we stand with the Holy Spirit, there is no one who can touch you.
No one who can harm you. No one who can bring you down because the Spirit of the Lord is there to protect you. Even the evil spirit is subjected to God's presence or God's command. His command, His supreme command, there is no one who can go against His command. We often get offended looking at our offenders being tormenting us and assume that God has forsaken us. I want to reassure you, no. The situation that you're going through is for your offenders to know that God is with you and me and not with them. David was with the Holy Spirit. Saul clearly knew if you read uh, chapter 18 that God is not with him. The Spirit of the Lord is not with him. It has already departed from Saul and the Spirit of the Lord is powerfully supporting, standing with David and I cannot do Anything to David is what Saul understood. It's almost time. So let's see the next rejection of God from 1 Kings chapter 22. We all know King Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. They both were planning, plotting. Okay, let's, let's come together. Your army, my army, your strength, my strength, your wealth, my wealth. Let's all club together. Let's go and war against Aram, the king of Ramoth Gilead. The names and Bibles are our time tongue sisters for me. So let's just speak about Aram. So these two guys are planning. They're like, okay, let's go. Let's go fight. Let's go take that city and kill Aram, the king, and do whatever we can because we are in authority. We can do whatever we can do. It's all under our control and two kings are combining together to come against Aram. What do you think he can do? But now, Jehoshaphat says, let's go inquire of the Lord. If it is the plan of God, will we succeed if we rage against Aram? And they call 400 prophets. 400 prophets. And all the 400 prophets say, go, march up in verse 6. You can see it on the screen. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, should I go against Ramoth Gilead for war or should I refrain? They replied, march up and the Lord will hand it over to the king. Please do not get deceived by prophecies. I'm not against prophets. I have worked with a lot of prophets. I've seen genuine prophets. I'm not against prophets. But prophecies are not always God's word. Prophecies are not always God's word. It's human who is prophesying. And it is very much possible for him to give you wrong prophecies. I'm not condemning any prophets here or whoever is watching to the stream, but I will explain why I am telling this. Let's read 1 King 22, verse 6 and 7. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here anymore? Although 
400 prophets came and said go march up we will get you will you will you will have that king you will have that kingdom you will have the city but jehoshaphat said i need a prophet from the lord most of the times people go to prophet to get a prophecy of their heart's desire lord i want you to speak to me this through this man that is not prophecy that is not prophecy if you really want to have a prophecy you need to go to god and say god speak to me your heart not what is there in my heart if you read further the king of israel said to jehoshaphat there is still one man who can inquire of the lord but i hate him you know why because he never prophesies good about me but only disaster now prophecies cannot be according to your own plan prophecies are god's word spoken through the servant of god and this man doesn't want to go to him because he doesn't prophesy anything good he always tells something disastrous disastrous about me he said no 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 let's go ahead let's go ahead and ask him and he has been advised when you go there you have to prophesy according to the other 400 proph- prophets don't give your own prophecies and he is like whatever god is speaking to me i will speak to them now even this prophet of god goes there and he tells that okay go you will be given this land you will be given the city and the king but the king knew that he is not speaking the truth ahab said see this is why i said i will not enquire of this man then when he speaks the truth it is so disastrous in verse 19 then the prophet said therefore hear the word of the lord i saw the lord sitting on his throne and the whole heavenly army was standing by him at his right hand and at his left hand and the lord said this is very important 20th verse and the lord said who will entice ahab to march up and fall at ramoth gilead now god has already decided that i'm going to kill this man i'm going to kill this man i'm going to kill ahab because god has rejected and god is asking who can entice him who can deceive him who can convince him to go to the city that he planned to war against the king so that he will go there and he will die then a spirit came forward stood in the lord's presence and said i will entice him lord asked him how he said i will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets all the 400 prophets god sent a spirit to speak not the word of god but to give a false prophecy a lying spirit was sent by god himself on 400 prophets you know why because god already rejected ahab and when god rejects no prophet can save you no powers of this earth can save you nobody can save you because god has already rejected you your offenders god has already rejected they might be king they might get along with another king they might double their power 
They may double their wealth. They can double their positions. They can double their armies. But God will send a lying spirit among their prophets. And God will destroy them. And God will lift you in the place where you thought you were forsaken. Amen. God's rejection is too much to handle. God's rejection is too much to handle. You see, the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth of all these prophets of yours. One of the prophets gets angry, he slaps this prophet of God, everything is history and you can read that in the Bible. But when God rejects, nobody can save. So we saw two things today. This is not a topic which can be covered in this 40, 45 minutes. But I think I conveyed the best of my knowledge. When we deny God, He doesn't reject us. He's compassionate God. He calls you by name, Peter. Just like the angel of God said, go to tell the disciples and Peter who considered himself to be rejected. God is calling one of you, someone of you, some of you here and saying, you're not rejected my daughter, you're not rejected my son. I have called you for a purpose and I will establish the purpose in your life until you give up. Unless you give up. So don't give up on God because God hasn't given up on you. Don't give up on God because God hasn't given up on you. But when God rejected Saul, God sent an evil spirit. When God rejected Ahab, he sent a lying spirit on the prophets because he has already planned to destroy them. We need to think about it. Are we denying God so much that God decides to reject us? And when God rejects us, there is no one, trust me, brother, trust me, sister, there is no one who can save us. I just want to leave you with this thought. If you think you are rejected, you are not. If you think you have denied God and God has rejected you, you are not. The same God who asked the angel to go tell Peter, specifically calling his name, is calling you by your name today and saying, I haven't rejected you, my daughter. I haven't rejected you, my son. I'm calling you once again. Come back to your first love. Come back to your first love. And God is going to restore your life. But if we continue to deny God, if we continue to invite trouble or, or, or evil spirits, then God is going to reject us and no one is going to help us. No one is worthy enough to protect us. So I want you to revisit your spirit, speak to God in your closed closet and confess if there is something that needs to be confessed. But I urge you to come back to your first love. God bless you.